How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Surfstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? I feel like an exhumed corpse. How's it going tonight, Demuch? Am I on the right podcast? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was invited to some other like murder podcast, but here I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, he opened with exhumed corpse, so you might be in the right spot. <laughs> so you have to figure corpse? out who done it. It's Hello, like I'm the, Sarah it's like Koenig. <laughs> oh, man. I'm doing uh, fine and dandy. It's good. Who's dandy? Uh, we all know I, fine, obviously. See, this fine is, is why I need it to be a video podcast, because when I just do like <laughs> things where it's just like me leaning into the camera, raising eyebrows, like it doesn't translate on audio, and I have to explain uh-huh. it. And I feel like that makes it lose its gusto. Well, my Which, first thought when you said dandy was the that meme video. I was like, oh, the first first dandelion of the season. And the girl just eats one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm familiar with that one. I will say oh, you to, will be. Okay. Yeah, I'll send, send it, it in chat. Yeah. yeah. That's what we really need. Is So the platform we use now, like tracks, chat, whatever we type into the chat for this. Obviously, you'll send it on Discord, I assume. But um, it's nice for timestamps because we might be like, hey... Dave was really racist here. We need to cut that out. Something like that. Um, which is my go-to joke. Um, it was but... an hour and a half long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What you guys don't hear is we usually record for a three hours. <laughs> you thought the, he took a bathroom break. Farming simulator. There's like a weird pause. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, the other, the other seventy-five percent, I would say, that gets cut out is like I start talking about a game that only I have been playing and. Dave cannot comment on at all. And then it usually goes on for about 40 minutes before he's just like, hey, <laughs> we're keeping none of that. <laughs> um, feel like not I'm strictly calling my though. grandkids. Mm-hmm. Wait, grandkids? When did you get those? That means you have to have kids first, right? You don't skip a generation, yeah. do you? I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm estranged from my kids, but weirdly, mm-hmm. like their their kids are very nice. They reach out to me. So, mm-hmm. usually they talk to me about, like, what shows they're watching, what games they're playing, whatever they're up to, really. And then they tell you they're, they've been only gaming on mobile, and you just hang up. <laughs> like, get out of here, <laughs> casual. Uh-huh. Do you have any good bird games in the flappy variety? Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Does your phone have games? Yeah. I think grandkids, actually, it doesn't... Traditionally, people think that represents how far removed they are from you, but... I, I I ascribe to the belief that it's the tier of the child, right? Like, you might have kids. That's fine. Everyone has kids. That doesn't matter. If you have grandkids, it's like, we're using Elder Scrolls for this. So when you say you have kids, you probably have petty kids, right? Like, it's it's they're not that significant. But grandkids, they're all the way up there. I remember in middle school when we were talking about great-grandparents, you're like, these are the best ones. <laughs> and then a year later... It's like, well, I don't have them anymore. I just have grandparents. <laughs> so, like, this is random, but, you know, I don't believe the majority of people have met their great-grandparents, and it's mm. always hard for me to care about when, like, my parents talk about them. It's like, mm. yeah, they were close to you, and I'm hearing stories about them, but it's so hard for me to, like, care, because it's it's... It's, it's, you know, like learning a, a, in a history book. Today's lesson. Right. You know, you're great, you know, something or other. Uh, killed uh, 11 Nazis with his bare hands. Okay, that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, I'd love to do that today, too, because there's 
there's a lot but um yeah i was gonna say those are rookie numbers like you anyone can play <laughs> wolfenstein at the like yeah, these right. days 11 like what do you, you did you quit in level one like what's the deal just go to the next capital riot and just <laughs> oh, no. plant, plant some c4 and statistically you you'll grab some welcome back from some minor technical difficulties um you know brought in by the deep state presumably based on what trying we were talking to take about us down <laughs> beforehand they can um, try we're gonna move to rumble <laughs> i'm not familiar with rumble i think i've heard of it yeah it i mean familiar. there's there's a bunch of uh new streaming services as far as uh you know competitors to twitch out there right now and gotcha i think rumble's twitch the is, twitch is doing fine Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Dave raised his eyebrows. <laughs> we were just talking about this earlier. I, I was going to say, I was going to say as a topic before I forget, Dave, you mentioned mm -hmm. like you wish that's like the, the video part that you're mentioning. What you need to do is like a fedora wearing Redditor, like just exclaim the italics for whatever emote you're doing. So you're just like, I'm not sure about that. I'm raising my eyebrows right now. Right. <laughs> Raises <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs> my God. I don't know if any of you has seen the, there's like a guy who is like, uh, does like Instagram reels and probably TikToks of being the atypical Redditor uh, and just like in different social scenarios. And then there's another guy who acts as like the atypical weeb and they recently had a collab and it, it honestly, it was disgusting how <laughs> accurate it was to some people I've met, uh, throughout my life, but, um, oh. Regardless, I hope you don't know what I'm talking about because just, just save yourself. You guys were comp sci majors. You you've you've dealt with people like that anyway. Uh, yeah, so. I've definitely run into somebody like you hear about socially awkward people in like TV and movies. You're like, okay, and then you meet one in person. You're like, yo, holy fuck! Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's it can be pretty spot on, but typically I'll only run into those people at conventions. It's going to say be fair, like there's a large yeah. density of people, so you're more likely to have at least one person who's not as socially adjusted. Um, you... It's me. I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, Dave. I see you outside of conventions. Conventions uh -huh. are that one spot where those who are inclined to not bring their social ineptitude outside into the public uh, come out. That's their, you know, event to do whatever. Um, but my, my God, uh... <laughs> I will take say I take umbrage because you said like you guys are you know comp sci majors you should understand this but like save yourself for looking into that. <laughs> Obviously, I'm saving myself. I'm a comp sci major. Like, <laughs> like uh, mandatory joke. Uh, I'm gonna do that for the rest of the evening. Just wait until like a minute elapses until it's very convenient. A lull in the conversation, <laughs> and then reference something that was said in the past. Actually, <laughs> pushes up glasses. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I definitely, uh, so there's a word for this. I'm going to, I'm going to rapidly Google it cause I can't remember it, but it's, um, uh, it's, it's irritation. It's not a phobia necessarily, but irritation brought on by hearing other people speak or chew Misophonia? out loud. Misophonia. Thank you. I don't need to Google, Google it. Um, I'm going to throw someone under the bus. But I'm not going to name them. So someone I, I somewhere out there mean. got named. I know who you mean. The bus, Ian. Just, it was. I'm it was. Threw that out. <laughs> um, I think I have a certain amount of tolerance for people who are not like this all of the time. 
But anyways, I think I think your upbringing. Also, I try to have a little bit of empathy. If you don't realize it's a problem, that's one thing. Like if you were brought up where in a family, like in a family where everyone at the dinner table was eating with their mouths open. One, I'm so sorry. Like for you, right? Like that's that's my miserable. family was horses. <laughs> yeah. But what's uh, crazy is that's definitely like a learned behavior again uh-huh. through like your upbringing. So that means that both parents were also from families where they're just like, ah, we don't give a shit. So, uh huh. But there was a guy at uh, the computer lab I was working with on a project, and I distinctly remember we got Taco Bell. So you know, great start. So an excellent start. Um, and he got some tacos, and I don't know how the food stayed in his mouth, basically. <laughs> and like I had a very friendly association with this fellow. Um, and I just wanted to punch him like really bad. <laughs> and I realized like later I looked it up and I was like, okay, this is an actual thing. I didn't punch him by the way. Um, cause violence is not, I kicked answer. him. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> it's about making in the middle. <laughs> um, but that was more obnoxious to me, uh, in the comp side department than any of the other stuff, body odor, lack of, uh, personal decorum, anything like that. Couldn't stand it. I will say. For me, I mean, I definitely agree that that is annoying, but I haven't come across that as much. The body odor thing is obviously a lot more common with people, but like mm-hmm. I had a friend who growing up, I don't know if his deodorant broke or <laughs> if he just chose to never have it, but like there were a lot of times I'm like, yo, like who's cooking red onions? Oh, no. Okay. It's just, <laughs> it's just what is uh, my sweaty friend. It's like it's like the the deodorant brand mentions that it helps nine out of ten people, and he's always the first person, or he's always in that other group. <laughs> I'm number ten. His superpower is say, immune. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, everyone here has grown up around the stage where uh, body spray was popular for a while. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I never understood it as a a deodorant. It was more so uh, a lazy cologne for teenagers. Mm-hmm. And my God, you know. 11th grade gym locker room just a haze of you know a mixture of whatever was you know Axe. spiced up in the, in, in, sure, in yeah. the but oh, uh and after pool days too get some chlorine yeah. in the mix hmm. why am i going to third period with a fucking headache weird <laughs> <laughs> no, i was i was homeschooled for most of my life so thankfully i got to you avoid most of that until making it to college and although there were some people at college that still had those issues like i don't know it was a large campus and you could <laughs> you could keep people at arm's reach and and to you know some extent you know the one quote-unquote benefit of public schools uh you kind of got bullied into social norms sometimes if you weren't mm-hmm. you know uh accustomed to them so uh I, you know, Jake, you're definitely a a a wonderful person. I've never had any basic complaints about you, even though you this know you have been disclaimer. homeschooled. But <laughs> me waiting for this fucking shooting shot. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, as, 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 he's, a... as he's like putting the bullet in the rifle, <laughs> bolt comes back. I will say, um, being a recent uh, Discord and Twitch moderator, some of the mm. weirdest people I've dealt with prefaced uh their introduction as i've been homeschooled all my life 
and uh-huh. boy howdy yeah. d- d- is is it obvious over like a, a voice chat um mm-hmm. for a little bit you know you, 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 there's you can excuse them but you know um a l- little bit of bullying might, might might help you know push these people <laughs> like uh in the right direction uh-huh it might be possible to word that in a way that's no, no, bully that's them. more like like shove them in a locker. Uh-huh, if, if, you yeah. know, if they're over the internet, you know, swat them. I'm kidding. That was a joke. That was just, I know. Don't I know. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> it is. You're you're not wrong though, right? Like because being in adverse situations and then overcoming those situations is how you grow as a person. And that's the problem with being homeschooled is if you're never put in a situation where you need to navigate the social landscape and waters around you like you're bad at it and i was bad at it i went to community college and i don't remember if i ever told the story or not but there was like a girl i liked and i like was friends with her for a bit and then i could not talk to her ever like literally just could not talk to her and like if we just passed like between classes or something like that i mean like i was just in this whole emotional state of i have no idea how to reconcile this right because mm-hmm. um, i didn't have any experience in that landscape yeah weird and, i've uh... never had that experience <laughs> check out this guy so so weird <laughs> but like if you if you're homeschooled your entire life that's that's when it gets a little bit tough right because i made some mistakes yeah. in community college about how i interacted with people learned some lessons from that and then when i got to university uh, which is what people overseas call it um i didn't have all of my social skills like maxed out and i still don't but they were like i could pass minimum right going to mm-hmm. the computer science there were people who were lower <laughs> than me yeah and the, the, compatibility the, the bars score. the bars automatically lower <laughs> when you yeah when you get into that uh uh major but I mean, you know, going back, like not necessarily bullying, but it's always nice to have a friend who could help, you know, correct some things politely. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, man, um, this person, uh, it's kind of they think you smell. So uh, right. maybe yeah. you should, you know, look into this because I know at least, you know, it's a, there's a weird time in your TJ teenage life where you never had to use deodorant. And then all of a sudden, one mm-hmm. day, it's like, dang, those stink. Yep. I should do something about it. So I, I get it for, you know, teenagers. But when you're in college, <laughs> it's like, right. hey. I think that particular problem is also a little bit uh, complicated. It's not the right word. But like, because it has to do with smell, people can get used to however their house smells or their room smells or whatever and eventually your body's just like it doesn't seem like anything you just go outside and you're like oh man fresh air is nice right yeah <laughs> but you don't realize why it smells so nice it's <laughs> because your room is a mess or whatever or your body is a mess um outside smells like febreze weirdly that's cool <laughs> huh um but yeah i mean i agree it's i we could have an episode just on homeschooling but my hot take on it is usually it's a mistake um because it's getting more popular i don't think that's good (laughs) yeah i i I would agree but it has its benefits obviously um Mm -hmm. like for me where i was at because i did homeschooling from fourth grade through eighth so middle school was like "Mm, fuck all that but specifically it came about because 
after like third grade, like I wasn't really enjoying school. I mean, I was a kid. I was like eight years old or however old, like obviously wasn't, you know, it wasn't my favorite thing in the world. And I was like, I don't like school. I don't want to go. My mom was like, well, what do you think about homeschooling as a possibility? And I was like, oh my God, there's an alternative. Yeah. Sign <laughs> me up for that shit. Um, uh-huh. And also like it allowed me to learn at a pace that was more comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. So in certain areas, uh, like math, I was able to jump ahead of where some other people were in those grades, which is nice mm-hmm. for me. Um, and then like kind of just do other things at my own pace. That was cool. Um, but holy shit that I hate my mom. Um, <laughs> because she was like the authoritarian at home and now also a school teacher. So it felt like you were getting extra assignments and chores. And then also I didn't really have that social aspect. There was like a homeschool dance that uh, I had to go to <laughs> at some point, And that thing was awkward what? as fuck because everyone was as socially inept as I was. Yeah. I was going to say, Dave, you know, one of the, the, the common funny things that happen in school sometimes is accidentally call the teacher your mom. Mm. So after <laughs> you left homeschool, <laughs> did you have that issue? Like, hey, mom, <laughs> sorry, Mrs. Smith. Sorry, yeah. Mrs. Smith. Mommy, I mean, sorry, I mean, me, I mean, mommy. <laughs> Dr. Coles would like frown at you so hard. <laughs> He'd just be like, what are you doing? <laughs> um,. Yeah, I, I I can answer for Dave. Dave never has that kind of issue. Um, he usually refers to, uh, by family members uh, to family members by the proper names and everyone else. Um, I've never heard him call anyone daddy, uh, except ironically. So I, <laughs> I just got all right going back. I just <laughs> yeah. got hand, I just got air quotes from Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See again, right, that's so where, that's been... where it's fun is like inside baseball because the audience has no idea. And we have to explain it every time. So, uh-huh. <laughs> Chef's yeah, because without that, it's just silence, right? It's like, oh, how did the joke land? It seemed kind of funny to me, but I don't feel like I should laugh unless the mooch laughs or Dave laughs. If you've been called daddy by Dave, please email the podcast <laughs> at Soapstone. <laughs> um, but uh, now I that is that is that is the big weakness with homeschool. The other thing is like the rationale people use for homeschooling is oftentimes insufficient, right? Like, cause I can second for Dave. It was nice when there was a course you were, you could get ahead in, right? I was ahead in science. Um, I was terrible at math because unlike <laughs> Dave's mom, my mom was like, she didn't really know how to make us do the work. And so as a kid, I kind of had this mindset like <laughs> of procrastination, which doesn't help once you get like grades behind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're just like, ah, I'll just catch up over the summer or something. It's like, y- you don't know how addition works or something like that, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, it lacks the structure that public school does in a lot of ways. And then the other issue I personally have with it is like some people go into homeschooling because they're concerned about what their kids might learn in public school when those are actually things that your kids should learn. Like yeah, I never yeah. had sex at, at all, ever. My entire life. Do you have a banana? Still hasn't. <laughs> uh, yes. Again, <laughs> it wasn't necessary. Comp sci, we're all saving ourselves. But. There's a... I'm not going to give the appropriate credit here, but there's a joke I overheard on a podcast that I think is cute to tell, if you'll allow me to share it. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's basically, it's like it's a sex ed joke where the teacher's like, um, all right, I'm going to teach you kids about sex ed. Does anybody have a banana? They're like, oh, yeah, like, what's a banana for? 
It's like, I can't get an erection without potassium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I thought it was funny. We can move on from that. Um, <laughs> that was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. I had to cough, actually, because I was laughing. So I muted myself. Again, sabotaging the podcast. Yeah, like, that was a good thing to have in school. I mean, everybody was obviously a teenager and laughing at it, but it was still good to know. They had yeah. home ec as well. It's like, hey, you can learn how to cook some basic stuff. Like, all that stuff was just nice general purpose knowledge that, I mean, depending what your home life is, like, your parents aren't going to go over these more nuanced things or they might forget or maybe just mm. never talk about it because their parents didn't really talk about it. Yeah, but I don't, know don't you guys... want You don't want teenage pregnancy. I th- feel uh-huh. like that's safe to say. We should go around and mention what the talk was like. That's a good topic for, for a podcast. I can go first. Uh, My go dad asked... Kind of like a statement, actually, not a question. You you know about sex, right? And I said, yeah. And then I didn't actually know that much about it. But he's like, okay, phew. And that was the end of the talk. We just finished the drive, and that was it. <laughs> That's uh, my story. <laughs> it it never happened to me, but I owned Conker's Bad Fur Day and the Daisy with the... Never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh-huh. If you know, you know. <laughs> Dave? Now we know why uh, you like to play Farming Simulator. You knew all about that fertilization. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, mine, mine was very similar to Jake's. Because um, it probably would have been sometime in high school. My dad was like, you know about the birds and the bees, right? I was uh-huh. like, yes, dad. And he just kind of like smiled. He's like, okay, we don't have to like go into it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was still that fatherly check of like, do we need to have a conversation? Or like, did you kind of pick it up without me having to go into it? But it's so like insubstantial, right? There's re- there's things that you should cover that like, if it's like, oh, you know the basics, the practical, like penis, well, vagina, that you know what those are. Okay, you're good. Right. That's not enough information. Yes. That doesn't they, teach they you about. teach you like, here's how to do it safely. Uh, here's stuff about consent. Yeah, I right. feel like that concept just came up magically in the past ten years, <laughs> but like <laughs> right. it's been around forever. Um, that just wasn't really enforced or informed that much mm. in our schooling or through parents. Um, again, it's just like it's assumed. Oh well, everyone will just know how everything works. But then you hear like the the horror story of I'm not going to go into detail, but of people who didn't do things correctly, <laughs> mm. right? Yeah, I I can remember when I didn't know about it, but pretended like I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, middle I think, school. <laughs> y- yes, middle school. Um, but I remember there's there's you know there's like always a couple bad kids who just like never did well in school, like acted up, whatever. And one of them played football, and they got to pick their numbers. And I remember he was high fiving people because he got the number sixty nine, and I was like. Uh-huh. Haha, that's that's funny. funny That's funny. And then um, we had uh, CCD, um, Catechism, every Wednesday, and he was also in that. And around Halloween, he had gotten a little skeleton, you know, keychain, whatever, and he called it Boner. And, you Mm -hmm. know, high five and haha, that's funny. I'm like, 
Yeah, that that is funny. And I'm like, I don't know what's what's funny about it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a skeleton. It's full of bones. Sure. Uh-huh. And uh, but yeah, that I that that was just like one of those childhood memories of just being completely ignorant, but pretending not to be because you know that's the cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always ask your friend later. You pull them aside, like, hey, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> <laughs> and they also go, yeah, I don't know, no clue. Yeah. Or if you're homeschooled, you just you miss all of those sequences until later in life when everyone <laughs> assumes even more that you understand them. I feel like a lot of parents' sex education is like if you're watching a movie and an inappropriate scene comes up, your mom just kind of covers your eyes and you're like, ah, uh-huh. this is probably the thing. Yeah. Man, I would freaking remember that too. Like, I, it's a it's a United States thing, but there's massive... There's a massive gulf between what's acceptable for, like, violence in movies and television and stuff like that versus sex, right? Like, my parents literally never gave me the talk. I never understood or I shouldn't say never understood. I didn't learn from them, right? Eventually, I had to learn from the Internet, which is not a great place, depending on how you're deriving some of this information. Um, But conversely, little, little, like, 10-year-old me who's emotionally sensitive and stuff sees... A guy get decapitated by a cannonball in Braveheart or whatever the crap. Patriot. That's what it was. Patriot. Mel Gibson movie. I don't know. Um, and I'm like, I have to run to another room and cry now. Like, come on. Get your, get your priorities together. Yeah. Um, Only I, a little I, bit I, of trauma. The, the internet definitely uh, helped me grow as a person, whether I liked it or not. <laughs> um <laughs> especially like i mean reddit today is not what reddit used to be and um there there's still sometimes uh reddit lately uh specifically with the the war in ukraine which is like hey um here's you know a drone dropping some sort of ordinance on these unsuspecting soldiers want to watch and i'm like not really but like it's kind of auto playing right now uh, right. but like e- even before that, some of the, uh, things that would just, you know, people either send you, I mean, at least during my time in college, uh, remember, uh, uh, there was always like those, those specific websites like cake farts and, uh, I'm not familiar I, with that one. I heard of live leak. Oh Jake, yeah. I can, I can <laughs> help you piece like this that. one together. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I I could take an educated guess at what some of these things probably are, but you're t- you're talking about kind of gray area video distributors and stuff like that for clips. Well, 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 just like weird things that people would send to you as like shock value. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. All uh, those shock videos, like y- y- Mr. Hands, two girls, leak spin. one cup. Yes, exactly. Leak spin. And for, yes, no, I was not familiar with that. Just leak leak spin. Leak Spin is actually super catchy. I enjoyed that one more than Meat Spin. <laughs> but it was always just like, oh, I, you know, I could have gone my entire lifetime without seeing that. But, you know, mm-hmm. someone did that, filmed it. And then other people are like, you know what? I had to deal with someone sending me this. So now you right. have to suffer. It was shared trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But that was also like a big thing with uh, pirating content where... Mm. You're like, I sure hope this is an MP3 of the band that I like and the song that I heard on the radio and not Uh something terrible. Um, Like, I'm sure you guys are familiar with, like, Reddit 5050. This Mm -hmm. felt more like 
9010. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's the way, like, LimeWire was back in the day, right? Like, I remember mm-hmm. that prior to, prior, prior to it going down. It's like, this MP3 is a lot larger than other MP3s. Like, what do you say? What's going on here? Um, and there was a whole bunch of unpoliced, suspicious content, slash outright bad content. Um, yeah. Those early days. Mel and I will occasionally bring up how it's like, you kind of miss the old internet, but some of that also was like very bad and not great for children. Yeah. Um, my, my peak example was being in middle school and being very interested in football. And there was a website just called the Red Zone. And um, the Red Zone is, you know, NFL in football zone. terms. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be like an NFL website about, you know, rumors, trades, whatever. But apparently there's a difference between the redzone.com and the redzone.org and I went to .com and mm. it it was adult content and there were no filters in the computer lab in middle school <laughs> back then and it's like yeah. no 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 go back. Thankfully, they cleared up the clear the the confusion. And NFL Red Zone is now available on Red Tube, which is much more straightforward. So yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. go there. <laughs> that that is such an older note. <laughs> I don't know if that site's still around. I don't even know. I don't know. Um, basically, don't trust any website with tube in the name. That's my life advice. <laughs> yeah, especially the U ones. Uh huh. Well, yeah, what, it, it it can't be reputable if you're getting me involved, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> I don't know anything about if, tubes. <laughs> if nothing else, well, it's like a series of tubes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, if nothing else, like all the internet exposure really helps me identify shady links. And if mm-hmm. we're ever like, you got to take yes. a phishing thing. I'm like, the fuck I do. I know so much more <laughs> than you, right? Uh-huh. Which Hover one of these the download link. links is the actual download link? None of them None get off of this them. website. Uh-huh. It's like the, the Bane ad- quote. Like, you yeah. were born in the darkness. I was mm-hmm. like... Molded by it. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, you, you were... Uh, you, you merely adopted the internet. Yes. I was born into <laughs> it, molded by it. Exactly. I didn't, I didn't see the grass until I was a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... I I think it's probably good that that's gone. The prob- part of the problem, though, is like if you think about the old internet and how open and free and wild west it was and everything that was out there, like imagine an internet with that complete lack of safety controls and then you have like the as many extreme actors and people trying to convince people of things that are untrue and misinformation and all of that crap that's going on right now with the rails on right like Mm -hmm. with people visiting some of the same sites and things like that it's like it would i don't know i have to imagine it'd be so much worse it's a libertarian's dream just no rails Uh (laughs) but for everyone's in a tram that's the problem everyone is in a tram (laughs) and there's no rails (laughs) yeah i feel like our parent generation and up can't really parse or decipher any of that Mm -hmm. it is it is difficult i uh recently showed my parents uh chat gpt and Uh boy howdy did it blow their minds but some of the things that they were like typing in were just like cute and innocent like uh my mom was just like her her first thing was 
I would like an exercise regimen that would make me swim in the pool faster. And I was like, oh, that's so, so nice. And I would like, uh-huh. I remember my most recent one was like, okay, um, uh, give me the, the reward c- ceremony of winning a third grade spelling bee as if you're Donald Trump. <laughs> and it's, like, <laughs> you know, it's uh-huh. stupid stuff, but, um, you know, their, 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 their minds just go to, oh, let's actually use this as a real tool. tool. And my mm-hmm. mind is just like, stupid memes, just please. <laughs> memes please yeah mm-hmm. i mean we talked about we, we we spent some time talking about a and i in the past we don't have to rehash all of it but like sure. there's a there's a big perception between people who are in the know about what it actually represents as like a chat bot right instead of ai like because ai implies a lot of things across all of media like all media for the last like 70 years whatever whenever people assumed robots were going to rule over they had an idea of what ai would be Mm -hmm. and this one's like no it's just going to convince you of ideas that are untrue and it's going to seem really authoritative about it and that's scarier in some ways right because you can't deploy the military against it no Um, so yeah it's i don't know i could still talk a lot about it i i know i opened with a preamble but it's a very, yeah. very interesting space, but the fact that there's no regulation on it, I think, is going to. We're going to see it in the news a lot. Yeah, yeah. They'll, um, they'll try and enforce some within the next couple of years, but it won't. It can't really uh, completely match uh, what it is or what it will be, because of how it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's so. I don't want to say autonomous, but because it's algorithm based, like. You can't put in like hard checks and balances to be like only this or not that, because even the things that they've tried to do it still does not work as they expect. I'm not sure if any of you know how like the first um, realization how powerful it wasn't. Now we're going on the topic of AI, but I just want to. It's fine. I'm, share an, this. I'm fine. It's interesting to talk about. It's it it, the, Unless it was a very interesting point. Dave of, can um, cut us off when he's ready. Yeah, <laughs> Dave, just 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 pull pull the cord. But, um, you know, Microsoft had a bunch of people work on this and everybody had to sign NDAs and the only people who could talk about it were the people working on it. And uh, at first, you know, as a language model, it you know, it's always just predicting what the next word is. It's not ex- exactly like putting things together. And right. the first realization that um, one of the major testers found that, you know, it was actually something useful was that you you fed it a list of items just like okay you have uh, a book a pencil uh, a bowl just these random items and it says okay how can i stack these you know in the most efficient way that all of them will be piled up together and Mm -hmm. in the previous version it was just like yeah you start with the pencil and then you put that on its top and then you put the <laughs> the book on top of it and it was like you know so super silly made you no stab sense the book exactly the right <laughs> the so super, super stupid and then like you know this new version came out and it's like no actually you know you uh if you have a couple bowls you know if they're a smaller size you can put them all on the same plane on the on on top of the book and then you stack mm-hmm. this and that's that's when they realize like, okay it's not just you know predicting the next thing it's actually able to um parse out with some knowledge and i thought that was like a, a a nice little story but um you know it's still scary as hell so uh yeah. it might be able to tell me how to you know stack books and whatnot but um please don't take my job 
Uh-huh. I think we're very far from that, but it definitely is quite a reach from early internet days where it's like, here's this AIM chatbot. And you're like, yeah. oh, I can tell it's a chatbot in three messages, right? Yeah, right. You're like, hey. They're like, hey, how's it going? And then you're trying to ask it a specific question. And it's, it's like, like, hey, how's what it are going? you up to today? I'm like, <laughs> uh, sus. Um, and you could tell pretty quickly. But now, if they if they just had like some uh, an account message you on Discord and it wasn't labeled as bot, it could probably get away with a lot more. And that's oh, yeah, where it becomes yeah. concerning because like phishing attacks are real but it's always because it's hey here's something that's kind of proposed as factual or it Mm -hmm. seems legitimate and you're like oh yeah that i can give you my bank account information this seems like a this looks very official as far as documentation and the png you use for your logo like that's how they get you yeah i don't think anyone here is going to get scammed by someone you know telling us to go to the walmart and get a bunch of uh gift cards and and send them out but you know with with the whole ai being able to dub i don't know if any of you've seen siri now the latest update of 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 siri um you just talk for a couple seconds and you can change siri's voice to like your own voice and (laughs) you know um you you know that can go into hey scammer calls your parents they're able to like train Mm -hmm. get a model to train off that and then they Mm -hmm. use that against you so it's like okay these these scammers are probably going to get a lot more advanced and that that's that sucks yeah i I think we talked exactly about this one actually and we're in the same headspace like if you couldn't trust like people were already falling for implausible scams in voices that didn't sound like they were anyone that you knew Mm-hmm. Um, plausible scams where the script is made by a large language model and the voice is of your grandchild, you're screwed. There's no way. You're screwed. Like, there, there, there's no way. It's not, like, a massive problem. Um, there's, there's really no escaping it. I also like, disagree with Dave. I don't think it's going to be, like, years and years and years before it comes for people's jobs. Like, people are going to lose their jobs much sooner. Probably within a couple the, of years. Well, the Writers Guild stuff... Um that recently came out how the big movie studios they want to be able to use uh background actors and mm-hmm. um you know use p- pretty much deep fakes of them and so you're a background actor for a day and then yeah. okay you si- you signed over your likeness and we're going to use this you know throughout the rest of the movie in perpetuity. Um, in perpetuity and it's like okay um no thank you <laughs> mm-hmm well at least from the last time I, was, I checked up on that, I was uh, watching some stuff with Adam Conover re- regarding the writer strike. Uh, and one of the biggest issues everything. they... <laughs> but he's actually helping. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, one of the biggest things that came up in discussion pretty early on is they pretty uh, the non-writers, uh, so like the movie executives, pretty much stonewalled as far as uh, they wanted to have ChatGPT on the table as an mm-hmm. option for something. And they're like, well, well, one no because one it can't actually replace a writer's job and like have mm-hmm. heart and thought um but they just want to have it as an option in case they're like oh somebody's charging too much to like write a good script we just want to have like another generic fucking christmas movie that's gonna mm-hmm. be on what channel is that hallmark another hallmark mm-hmm. christmas movie right but again it's executives who are looking to find a cheaper way to do something that they need to make revenue Oh, can we remove people from it? Awesome. 
But it's like I, even when assembly lines came to a thing, everyone's like, oh, we're going to lose all of our jobs. And it's like, well, some jobs might be shifted, but you still need people to operate that machinery. Like the technology itself is not so wholly sustainable on its own. Right. I think that's fair, but the assembly line comparison is super apt because a lot of people did lose their jobs when okay. assembly lines became a thing, right? Because you, the new jobs became, you need to oversee the machinery and maybe have a couple manual tasks between phases of whatever is being produced. I think that's going to be the exact same for uh, for AI, for large language models. Like, for people who are on the ground right now programming code from scratch, they're probably going to start with a smaller team of people who grab some pre-generated code, given a prompt, and then they're going to be like, the people are smart enough to realize this makes sense. This doesn't make sense. This needs to be tweaked. But like starting from scratch anymore, I think is going to become a lot less frequent, especially once like it's going to hit other fields, like legal fields and things like that. Once there's some, it all depends on where you put the walls up, right? If you put yeah. the walls up around, um, uh, what's the word for it when it makes stuff up? It's um, there, there's an industry term for it. It's not daydreaming, but it's something like that. Hallucinating. Hallucinating. There That's the industry term for it when AI, when a large language model makes up a non-fact, basically. Um, industries where they set those walls up with more rigorous standards, it could just be like a quick lookup for a legal case or something like that, right? There's always going to be need there's always going to need to be people who are checking it because where they don't check it that's when you end up in the news right like mm -hmm. for the people that were citing legal cases that did not exist but it also made it through a lot of review before they realized it didn't re exist right so yeah i don't know as it's someone who has worked as a dev for like over a decade mm -hmm. um i love the idea of automating certain things but like taking a business process and making it easier for the people who use it day to day so they don't have to input all this data or move stuff around or maybe check some things. Maybe we can put rules in place so it doesn't have to exist. Mm -hmm. But I will say um, it has to work fucking perfectly. Otherwise, um, the people who are not technically minded, it'll be very easy for them to say like, oh, well, like the technology and the code's doing that. I'm just mm -hmm. going to assume that's blatant truth all the time and never check anything and then things will slip through because one you probably did not have enough requirements at the get-go and enough testing to say hey this works 100 percent perfectly and not it's pretty good most of the time yeah because like there are other factors at play like i have a day-to-day -day process moving data from one system to another but we'll run into issues where like the data itself coming in is fine but maybe somebody as a part of the process along the way had an oopsie and that's something we need to go and mitigate and resolve. Maybe there was a networking issue that came up, a bit of a hiccup. Like, it can't solve everything perfectly all the time unless you have all the parameters ahead of time to say, here are all the possible use cases we need to account for. Right. In my example, I'm imagining if you were making bread rather than this current standard of, like, take salt and take flour and take water and put all this stuff together and then go through the entire process to make bread, what AI and large language models are going to do is they're going to give you dough. And if business meter, if business owners see that and they're like, hey, that's bread, baby. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna end up in a lot of trouble. Um, but people are going to need to learn to start with dough. To lean on, to just absolutely just lean entirely on the analogy until it collapses under its own weight. Well, how do you guys feel about 
I think it's only like experimental in like a couple of places, but like obviously Japan is usually like the forefront of cool technology involving food, like with certain vending machines, or they'll even have like a, a couple of machines that be like, oh, I can automatically make you a pizza. Mm-hmm. You order this and be like, okay, I will get the dough, lay it out, put on some sauce, cheese, and toppings. I think it comes down to sort of like how art is seen today. Because uh, one of the one of the most annoying things, at least wh- what Mel and I have talked about, is people who will go to these AI generators and type in some prompt and then post on Reddit, look, I made, you know, this AI bot made uh, a different version of Superman for every country in the world. And it's like, okay, cool. You didn't do anything. You typed into, yeah. you know, Google, mm-hmm. got a, got something that you put no time or effort into. But then, you know, when it comes to food, it's like, yeah, um, everyone here will enjoy a nice Domino's pizza every now and then. That's like a factory line. You can probably, yeah, Dave's shaking his head. Anyway, uh, you know, cheap pizza, it, it'll hit the spot when you need it done. However, if you get invited to a, a nice Italian joint in Brooklyn, they're making, mm. you know, coal-fired pizza um, that, that, you know someone's grandmother made the sauce for the night before and there's like a a, a different level of love that went into it and it's going to be of higher quality most likely and also you're going to get a a better experience because you know the other part of dining isn't just the food it's you know the ambiance it's the the crowd it's you know the service and it's like yeah um there are some cool things where you know you go to a restaurant and a robot will deliver your food However, it's really nice to get a very personable server who, you know, might might be cracking jokes or just like, you know, on, you know, their their game as far as like refills, things like that, giving you personal recommendations for for drinks. Um, I think, Dave, we were at a we are at um, Cheesecake Factory and Dave ordered a drink and the server went, don't get that. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. because that's usually not something someone would tell you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, actually, like, a lot of people order this. It's not super great. And, you know, it tastes like this. And you wouldn't get that from a robot. So it's like, yeah, um, certain things can be automated to a point. But, like, part of, like, the human experience still involves other humans being involved. For now. Well, we'll say for, for now. now. <laughs> Sometimes also, humans suck. I Leaning. agree, but I want to point out one thing, at least as an observation for me. Uh-huh. Um, so if there's like a machine that's automatically making what constitutes as a pizza, obviously I don't think it's going to taste that great. You're not going to have that dining experience with it. Mm-hmm. But as far as like some of the AI art's concerned, some of the stuff that it can make is fucking gorgeous. And but like obviously there's no heart in it, but if I'm just looking at a standalone, is this pretty to me or not? For me, it just automatically can check that box. Mm-hmm. But is it impressive to you? Because at the end of the day, you know, it's training off something that already exists, which is generally other people's art, right? Mm-hmm. So someone else's talent went into that training model and used as inspiration. So it's like at some point, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I saw that some of the art is getting diluted because it's using its own art that it's created as 
training data and it just, just made it worse. Yeah. Um, mm. be- because, you know, at the end of the day, everything has started with some human creating something and then that robot going out and grabbing it and, and learning from it. I mean, I would always prefer an original over a copy. Um, but for me, like, I like high detail in art. Like, I don't understand the, uh, God, I'm forgetting the one style of painting, Baroque. Don't fucking get it. Don't like it. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. It's too vague, not detailed enough. Um, but I like these, like, really uh, high fidelity representations of things. I'm like, holy fuck, how did you do that with just paint and canvas? Because it looks right. like an actual scene of something. Um mm-hmm. So for me, I just want something close to it, but I would prefer an actual piece of art versus we stole this and then cheated to make something else with it. I think it's I'm so I'm the transhumanist here, right? So I <laughs> don't care about people, you know, they're they're just getting the way. But oh, I'm just kidding. Um kind of. Uh I I don't know. I use uh AI generated art for like tabletop campaigns tokens things like that it's like hey if i need um someone with a cool futuristic mask and i want them to look like a cowboy and i want them to be like you know pixelated or maybe a mountain in the background or something like that that's what it's super great at um and i i I do think i agree that you know once it starts cannibalizing itself on its own art that could lead to situations where the art quality degrades and it really sucks if your art was scraped to make all of this and you know maybe your style of mountain right because it's not like it's just copy paste it finds the closest thing on a google search and then sends it at you it is doing some processing in the background right um in some extreme cases it might be pretty close to a copy paste but generally it's incorporating things from different um, art aspects based off of whatever you type right the easiest way to tell that is to ask it to generate different pieces in different styles right but yeah. i'm talking about mid journey specifically right now um but there's the counterbalance to me is all of the effort people put into things um and i care about humans in contrary to my opening point and so a lot of my friends are artists and it's hard for me to say like you can spend you know, weeks or a month working on this piece and try to charge a lot of money for it. But most people are going to go have a $15 monthly subscription where they can generate something that looks vaguely like this in a couple seconds because like time and money are the factors people use when they make purchasing decisions around things like this. Do you think, um, this is pivoting to sort of an investment sort of mm-hmm. discussion. I don't have any money to invest. <laughs> well, what, we told you I'm, specifically what, before you came I, on, I you can't post your new startups. <laughs> <laughs> it's our IPO. We're going to release <laughs> anyway. Um, but you know, one of the, a, a main investment tool of the ultra wealthy is original artwork. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. see in say like 10 years, there being some sort of AI generated artwork that would be part of someone's investment profile. Probably not. I hard disagree. Yeah. People are dumb. 
Um, do you <laughs> well, that's remember, true. Like, NFTs whole, existed. <laughs> yeah, do you remember the, like, the whole fucking NFT thing? People are spending money on a fucking picture of a monkey, and they're like, oh, well, this is the blue one. Well, no, it's actually distinct because blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. People will spend a lot of money on dumb things and then justify it how they want. Um, I apologize. So yes, I do Dimitri. think that <laughs> Dave doesn't usually tell the guests to shut the f up. This <laughs> is a stand-up thing. We'll I'm judging Demuja's uh, purchases of art. No, but like I do see it as a possibility because people will do stuff like that. Um, I don't think it makes as much sense. Um, but like, I have uh, some family members who, on my mom's side, like they've done well enough. They do have some art in their home. But, like, they will look for other art by a specific artist because, like, they really speaks to them. And I think art can be, like, a very personal experience of you see something in it. Maybe it's the amount of time the artist put into it. Maybe there's something in it that speaks to you because it reminds you of something. Whatever it is. Um, but, again, it's prescribed value that you're giving to it. And you're like, oh, I'm willing to pay X amount because it's important to you. In the same way, like, I might spend money on video games, and other people are like, I wouldn't do that, but I like to spend money when I go out to eat. It's really where you're prescribing the value. Um, so, like, for me, I I like all the art that I have by Mango, and it's cool that, like, I know her, and I get to see her art evolve over time, and I have some original stuff. I'm like, holy shit, how cool is that? But also, that's to me, you know? It might not be mm-hmm. for everybody who's in that exact same boat. Yeah. I think I think that cuts to the quick of the argument. Really, is what is the intrinsic versus extrinsic value? And if the audio sounds a little bit weird, it's because I'm moving the mic away from from a cat in real time that's about to climb on top of me. <laughs> but like, um, but like, if you know a person that lends, you know, passion or personal investment to it. Whereas if everyone's work that they were creating all ended up in a round robin museum, basically, and you just picked whatever matched your sensibilities, then that's closer to the reality that AI AI art gives us, right? Yeah. I just, I appreciate the time that uh, has gone into, um, you know, these, these pieces of work. Um, that someone actually created but I, I do understand the value of something that you can type in and get in a very high quality image of for whatever you need but you know in the comparison of a, a redditor typing in a prompt and, and submitting that versus someone else posting their you know art they took an entire year to build um, I definitely will value one over the other just because of that time investment right Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something that you as a person can appreciate because you've also invested your time and effort into something. So when you get to see like see the fruits of that labor, it it has meaning to you. So like for me, the smallest thing I have going on right, or I guess the biggest thing I have going on right now is a very small thing in that I always gifted some pepper plants by a friend, and some were planted outside, and I'm watching it grow, and I hope to God no random animal eats it or it just dies <laughs> randomly, or it right. gets overwatered by rain but it's cool to see something grow over time mm-hmm. i'm about to get like very metaphysical and like too <laughs> <laughs> too real so i'll stop on that but i mean that's a good point um 
I'm, I might have to make an edit there because of the cat. But <laughs> uh, that's that's going to be the trick, I think, right? Traditionally, it depends. If this is part of a commercial process, I think AIR, AIR is going to win out every time. If it's part of a collection process where sentimentality is involved, I think uh, people art is generally, generally going to win out. And as far as to whether this makes the atmosphere better or worse for artists, I think it objectively makes it worse. And artists already were the impoverished, haha joke like mm -hmm. major in school like hope you like making minimum wage for your entire life harsh comments and things like that that are said um and some people escape that but others really kind of do struggle against the grain to put out you know a lot of impassioned work product that is going to have to compete against the mass-produced factory stuff now so uh it's not super great for them or for any other uh career that's going to be uh, you know, hit really hard by AI. And I think that's just going to continue to scope out just like the industrial revolution. The other one I wanted to mention, this is specific to us, but the people who make, um, descriptions for podcasts based off of the content of the podcast, this was a distinct position in the past. And now I know that, uh, they're getting hit really hard by AI. Any, anybody who's like doing text, like subscribing, um, transcribing, and summaries and stuff like that, they're getting hit really hard too. So, pour one out for the homies. Uh, TIL, that's a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, courtroom stenographer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's another one you want it to be right, though. <laughs> it takes yes. that over. It can't be making mistakes. <laughs> Like, so even if the, you watch, like, subtitles on something, how how often are those 100% correct? Not that often. It's better than it was, though. It used to be miserable. Public television? Um, yeah. My, my father's hard of hearing, and it was always very interesting because everything we'd watch on TV would have the closed caption on. And it's like, you know, that was always either very much lagged behind or would miss a bunch of words or like confuse a word for another thing so even just having that um automated um on youtube is is great for you know people who are disabled but there's so much content out there it's like you you had to automate that um to some extent also i don't know japanese so <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's worth noting that even on youtube like it the automatic transcribed oftentimes will get replaced by if it's a popular video or whatever someone going in and doing manual transcription because it'll be yeah. you know more accurate or if it's like a meme video or something like that sometimes there's jokes in the caption as well which is always worth it but um i don't know ai is it's probably not the last time we're going to talk about ai <laughs> and i think everyone has a take um, and we're going to just we're basically betting on on the slider between like utopia and dystopia where it lands. And the slider is also broken down by profession <laughs> and socioeconomic the class. The singularity where AI is going to be like, oh, I'm going to decide on inputs for CRISPR. Mm -hmm. And that's how we get our designer babies. Mm, that'd be good. I don't trust humans for that anyways, right? Like, they're not going to know what a good baby is. We need stringent AI <laughs> with significant number of tests, right? 
Yeah, we need a non-biased AI that's not fed in by humans. Uh-huh. Large language models, that is not. So. Um, let's see, though. Uh, so I'm really glad we skipped that topic. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, so what, yeah, so yeah. what you been playing? <laughs> um, I'm almost done Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm about to fight Ganondorf. How many hours? Spoilers. Also, spoilers. <laughs> this is going to be the protagonist. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we, we don't. Man. Yeah, other Zelda <laughs> versions. Nothing to do with Ganon. Um, uh-huh. I don't I don't know. Um, generally, since we have one Switch, Mel and I go back and forth between it. Ah, okay. And, do you use um, the same profile? Because I think it is broken out by profile. No, we don't use the same profile. So yeah. she's on her own store and I'm on mine. And um, it's been hard to like talk about it but not talk about it because we don't want to spoil mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. and I, right. I still haven't been spoiled thankfully um please don't do it here <laughs> uh right well but mm-hmm. um uh you know i've I, i've ha- i'm having a, a really good time with it and mm-hmm. it's gotten to the point where it's like i know there's so much out there like for example i know you can build a house I have no idea where you can build a house. I have not gone to that area, and I'm about to beat the game, the main story, uh-huh. without having even touched this area. So yeah. I want to play it more, but also part of me is like, you need to complete it so you know you can you know feel the victory, but also mm-hmm. completing it's going to make me not want to play it, which mm-hmm. you know it's hard juggling uh, what to do. I'm about I'm at the final section of this one game and it's i don't have the option like do i face this final encounter and close it out because afterwards mm-hmm. i'm not gonna be like i want to go check that one corner of the map which i is gonna be for like a small consumable item that i don't need anymore uh-huh. to beat the game mm-hmm. um or do i explore everything and tire myself out and then not feel like doing the final encounter because i'm just like Ugh. it's a hard yeah. balance and I, that's that's a distinct and known psychological thing too, right? Because when I was younger, I think it's called misophonia. Yeah, it's misophonia. Everything is. When I was younger, I recall being like, "Okay, well, I'm pretty close to the end of the game, but you know, maybe I know it'll have new game plus, or the map will stay open, or something like that." Um, so I'll beat the game and then come back and do the other stuff. Absolutely not. As soon as I see the credits, my brain like disconnects generally, which is why I just. I really struggled with Nier, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, but uh, outside of that very specific instance, um, generally I, I treat seeing the credits as like, this is my sign-off, this is the the end of my contract to play this game. I'm going to go check out other things on the backlog, or rejoin society, or lowest case priority, touch grass one time, right? So mm-hmm. I get it. I get putting it off until it's done. Um, till till you till you're ready to close it. For me, and you can see on your profile, I think on like the top left, it'll show you recent game time. And for any games you played recently, it'll tell you the total amount of time you put into it, rounded to the nearest five hours. Because Nintendo, it doesn't ever make any sense. <laughs> um, and for me, it was 125. Well, 125 hours when I saw the credits. So okay. pretty long yeah, game. I'd definitely over 100 hours. Um. Unfortunately, I can't pick up my Switch and look at it right now because Mel is, has it currently and is playing it. So, um, That's fair. But, you know, I've actually turned to uh, the Steam uh, uh, 
page and mm-hmm. the steam sale has ended even though it says it's ending sometime today it has sometime apparently ended in the past hour or two oh so, no. um, change, change your time zone quick <laughs> yeah just use the <laughs> clock <laughs> yeah so i i don't know what i'm gonna play after this um mm-hmm. you know what i picked up there's the um that like wow i can't remember the name of it uh but the bit shooter the little battle bit uh, battle bit that's the one battle bit remastered it hmm. wasn't on sale when i checked but it's like 15 bucks I was like, yeah i'll pick it up try it out haven't played it yet couldn't say but um anything that's you know a competitor in the call of duty space that is or battlefield space more realistically that's so tiny and indie developed and 15 dollars i'm for it I heard it's like a Minecraft shooter. That's all I know about it. It it really isn't. Like if you look at it, it it looks well. The graphics look like Minecraft, but the gameplay looks a lot closer to Call of Duty. Like actively putting in mags and sprinting and all of that stuff. It's just the graphical fidelity um, is derez like fifteen times. <laughs> um, so it's very novel. I I like that they're interacting in that space, and also. We're going back to the 90s where the player count was the thing that mattered. Um, 256 players at a time. So good luck running out of slots for land party. (laughs) (laughs) Was that going to mag? Uh, What about mag? Macfest? There was there was no there was a, a game. I think it came out for like PS3, but one of its big selling points is like you could have like 256 players in a game at a time but it Mm. was kind of like a big team-based shooter gotcha that could be true i just remember it was big when battlefield was 64 and 32 versus 32 and i think it's been a while since that was the the case yeah battlefield was my go-to uh in my early 20s and that was uh i was i was it was the one time i actually participated in a clan um that you know played the games all together um not doing racist stuff but um <laughs> everybody has a side hobby right? yeah uh, i i was always called a tank whore because i wasn't <laughs> great i wasn't great uh-huh. at you know necessarily aiming with uh, uh the gun in game but you know yeah give me a vehicle in battlefield and like 42 and 2 and everybody would constantly leave on the other side because i was just that good with it i kind of miss it but yeah i don't think battlefield's been necessarily good in the past couple years i haven't checked in but part of it is because i've started lumping it in with call of duty as well right where it's kind of like they're just they're always making a new one i don't feel like there's any continuity really for my my play experience and I kind of just, I don't know. I don't want to be stuck on a game. I want to play a game when it comes out if it's multiplayer and feel like I can keep playing it. And so there's a risk that there's a new version coming out in six months to a year. I'm actually disincentivized to pick it up. So, sorry, Call of Duty. Yeah, I was going to say, no one here, I think, really plays Call of Duty, but has anyone seen the most recent update that's been a little kind of odd, kind of Fortnite-y? I'm not caught up on it. Was it the skin? I saw, I saw there was one with the skin. Yes, that. Um, based on what? the hit Amazon show, The Boys, you can now play as uh, 
couple of the different uh, characters on there, which it's 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 really really weird. And uh, to see you know these superheroes with like you know M16s, because uh, uh-huh. you know when you have laser eyes, not really sure you need a gun. But um, one <laughs> of the controlling the thing- your power level. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I saw uh, on on Twitter was just like this is a real Vought move. Like this is something mm-hmm. that corporation would do. <laughs> and yeah. hey, that's where it's going. So I don't know if Call of Duty ends up getting a little goofy, like. Uh, Fortnite is, but could be Fortnite or Fall Guys, right? Just yeah, have collabs with everything. Also, I I've only seen like season one of the boys, but aren't most of the supers in that like bad guys and sometimes like <laughs> fascist bad guys? Uh huh. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Well, right. right now I think there's only three skins, and clearly it's for you know hyping up the next season, but. I guess uh-huh. this is just a way that these uh, companies squeeze out a little more money without loot boxes or whatever. It's like, this is your in-game advertisement through skins that you actually might have to buy to get. It's just kind of mm-hmm. kind of odd, but alas, this is gaming in 2023. It's going to get better, though. What they're doing is this is the last disreputable, completely, like, morally bankrupt move and then the <laughs> ftc they fail, fell out of their case uh it sided against them uh and in favor of uh acti blizz and microsoft so usually we don't in- interject news at the hour four minute mark but since you're <laughs> literally talking about it microsoft's gonna clean it up obviously like microsoft wouldn't do this stuff so no of course not should be good they're not i, mean, I, I trust that large corporation for sure of course uh-huh. <laughs> yeah Anyways, if you guys uh, want to follow us, we're on Threads now instead of Twitter. Obviously, no, we we're not we weren't on either. So <laughs> uh, that changes. We'll let you know. Thank you for being a guest uh, again yeah. t- today, Demooch. That's um, always fun. Good to get your insights on on what's going on. And uh, if we have a follow up AI episode, maybe we'll just call you in. We'll just. We'll just ring you on Discord and be like, you're alive right now. Don't say anything. <laughs> I was going to say, I almost got away with no financial advice in this podcast, but alas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'll provide financial advice. Just keep your money in your mattress. Like It's it's the only safe bet. Uh, just withdraw it all right now. Pay full taxes. It's fine. Yeah, um, run, run the bank. <laughs> that hasn't yes. happened at all this year. <laughs> run it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like running the jewels. Exactly. Which would be great for the outro, but we can't afford to pay for royalties. Dave knows. Hear what I say. We in the business. <laughs> you're gone. You're gone. Uh, fuck shit is finished. RT and J. We the new PB and J. But if you guys know the rest of that song, you could always send in the rest of the lyrics at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. It will be a little bit weird, but we'll know that you're out there. Uh, in the abyss listening to us um, we'll get to you we'll, we will find you um, if you wanted to make it a lot easier for us to find you uh, you could also send in a comment on facebook at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast and as always we'll see you in the next one have a good night y- you too step into the spotlight Woo! Woo! And the crowd goes. And the crowd goes.